Hello, you stinky, stupendous, salacious, sexy, sabotage, sasquatch, sucker-looking... That's as many S's as I got in the bank. I can't even think of a noun to end that S alliteration intro out with. Help me out, brothers and sisters. Help me out for my sermon, my super sermon. Um... Yeah, so we totally swung and missed on that intro, but I'm not going to edit it out because I am a transparent and honest god. Really, I'm just a servant of the gods, which you guys know the drills. My name is Cade, a.k.a. the Blessed Beatmaker Roboclip, and I've been commissioned by the gaming gods themselves, Miyamoto the Father, Kojima the Son, and Carmack the Holy Ghost, to make the one true video game podcast. And in doing so, all I needed to do is interview creative and interesting people about their favorite gaming memories growing up. And today, spoiler alert, same shit. I'm interviewing someone creative and interesting about their favorite gaming memories growing up. And today's guest is... Oh, shit. I have him saved in my contact list as Tyler Motorcycle. Because I don't know his fucking last name. Let me look this up real quick. It's uh, Michael. Michael. Yep. Like the Archangel. The Destroyer of Worlds. Tyler... Michael, the motorcycle man, is a, uh, I don't know how I would classify him, just like a, essentially an entrepreneur, a creative person. That sounds so cliche. I'm an entrepreneur, bro. Usually that means you're like some loser trying to sell t-shirts in your mom's basement. Tyler, not that dude. I actually met Tyler in an interesting set of circumstances. I was down in Panama accompanying my brother getting some experimental stem cell research by the wizards in Panama. By the way, that actually worked really well. My brother had heart failure, went down to Panama, got shot up with some super hardcore stem cells and he's had like a 30% officially tested numbers wise basically currently at a, sitting at a 30% improvement in the functionality and efficacy of his heart and uh, I met Tyler down at the same clinic he was getting treated for Crohn's disease so if anyone's listening if you know someone with Crohn's disease or heart failure stem cells work he's a uh, spoiler alert he got treated and he seems to be doing a lot better and we recorded this podcast like a few weeks ago and since the podcast I've had some back and forth with him and said he's feeling pretty good so as far as I can tell two for two when it comes to the stem cell research but when we arrived in Panama, we found out that it was completely on lockdown. So that kind of sucked. It's like, we can't do anything. And we're walking into the hotel room, going up to our room for the very first time after just realizing that like, there's nothing to do. You have to sit in your hotel room and you cannot leave for the next seven days, except for according to your passport number, you get one two hour window to get food during the two the, the stay that I was there. So they were like on full on, full on, full on lockdown. I'm bummed out. And all of a sudden this dude comes strolling. I'm thinking about it, we're in the middle of Panama. It's all brown people and they're all short. This tall, lanky ass white dude with long flowing hair starts walking by and his shorts, these big old baggy shorts are just covered with weed leaves. And I happen to be wearing <laughs> knee high socks that were covered with weed leaves. I saw him and it was love at first sight. I was like, hey bro, Nice shorts. Check out my socks. He looks over, looks down, and starts laughing. He said something along the lines of, you need any? And uh, that was the start of a, of a blossoming relationship. And uh, we've been gay bros ever since. It's not gay because we don't look each other into the eyes when we do it. Okay, maybe just a little bit gay, but eh. I just had a question. What if, what if I banged dudes but identified as straight? How would that work? Riddle me that! 
social media. Riddle me that. Anyway, uh, long story short, I hung out with Tyler all week in Panama. He's a badass, and I found out that he is the creative director, founder, designer, all-around entrepreneur of a few badass brands, namely being Lords of Gastown, a motorcycle style and clothing brand, I guess. That's the best way to describe it. And also Lords of Grasstown, which is a similar thing, but instead of gas, it's about our good friend, the hippie lettuce, grass, marijuana, cannabis, <gasps> the devil's lettuce. So uh, we bonded over smoking the weed. And then I started geeking out like, oh, this dude's pretty badass. He's been successful at multiple brands, which everyone in their dog has attempted to create a lifestyle brand or a clothing brand or a brand in general there's a literally it's like trying to make it in the music scene trying to make it as a rock star only half a percent of the people ever make it and he's had two two successful brands and more along the way he can be found at lords of gastown on instagram lords workshop lords of grasstown.ca and his personal instagram handle tyler michael motorcycle check him out i'll put all the applicable links in the podcast description check out lords of gastown i just ordered a couple shirts they have this like really cool like cursive font that reminds me of uh, like something official i can't put my finger on it it's definitely a font that i've seen before it's a riff on some other logo but it says lords and it looks badass i've ordered a couple shirts of those based out of canada give it up for my good friend and kron's warrior tyler michael said he sings in the name of Miyamoto the father Kojima the son and Carmack the Holy Ghost amen and enjoy the show So, uh, yeah, just give people a little intro to who you are and Lords of Gastown and Grasstown and uh, where people can find you. Yeah, my uh, IG handle that I'm running right now is Tyler Michael Motorcycle, and uh, I'm the creative director and founder behind uh, the Lords of Gastown Motorcycle lifestyle brand, and the Grasstown uh, spinoff is the cannabis lifestyle brand, Lords of Grasstown. And then our newest project would be under the umbrella is the More Trees, Less Assholes brand, or More Trees brand. So yeah, branding and lifestyle stuff. How'd you get involved in starting a lifestyle brand in White Bikes? Um... It definitely happened by accident. Like there was no business plan to to um, end up where I was at. Um, I don't even know if we discussed this when I was in Panama. But my my original passion was music, and I had a. Even, let's go back even further. I guess my original career path was uh, bartending and mixology, so mixing mm. cocktails. First education, or the only education I have outside of high school is uh, bartending school because my parents were pushing me into uh, a trade like plumbing or electrician or you know get something be responsible and I was like fuck that seems like a lot of money and a lot of work like I'm not trying to do that right now I wasn't so good in school so uh, I went and like discovered that bartending was was also uh, considered a a trade and a craft and it was only like a three-week course and like 500 bucks so <laughs> it, it, and i really wanted to go traveling i i, I met the owner of the, the bartending school and uh he had ties in amsterdam which is where i wanted to go so i took his course got my mixology license and i went and uh traveled and lived in europe for a better part of two and a half years working starting the bull have you ever heard of the bulldog i have not have you been to amsterdam me. I have not have been. been. Teach me the ways. Okay. 
So the Bulldog Cafe um, basically is the pioneer of coffee shops that sold cannabis mm. um, back in, I guess it would have been the 70s, uh, I want to say. I'm, I'm a little bit high right now, so don't quote my dates. I'm never <laughs> good with dates when I'm high. But anyways, Bulldog, uh, long story short, two brothers inherited in the red light district, inherited a sex live sex theater from their parents <laughs> when they passed away. Yeah, it's gnarly. They they grew up in the grew up in the in the uh, red light district, and uh, apparently got tired of the sex industry growing up in it. And they started selling weed and matchboxes during the festivals and stuff in in Amsterdam, and went on to be one of the most, or I think, the most successful seller of Heineken and uh, cannabis in all of Holland. So the owner of the bartending school, who ended up becoming like an adopted uncle of mine. Once these guys became successful in, in Amsterdam, they looked around the globe where was going to be next to go legal for cannabis. And they figured that Canada was going to be the next place that was going to go legal. And the owner of the bartending school, my uncle, he was a restaurant consultant. So they they, they uh, opened up the first bulldog in Vancouver, Canada, thinking that that was the next place in the world that was going to go legal. Anyways, um, so I kind of got a, like a vibe like, oh, I've got to go to this bartending school because I want to go to Amsterdam and uh, meet work with these guys. And that all kind of came to fruition. And, um, and then I was living in Europe, bartending, jumping around, uh, working with them. And I worked in London and went down to Greece and traveled around, like I said, two and a half years until I first started getting my first symptoms of Crohn's. And I want to say I was about 23, 22, 23 around then. So that kind of put an end to that. Like I said, I probably would have stayed living in Europe if, if this never happened, but I just started getting like bleeding stomach aches and shit. Yeah. And, and then when I was living, I had a work visa, so I spent a lot of time in the UK and this is where I started having these symptoms. And they kept on like saying I had food poisoning and just like sending me away with painkillers. And like, I was like, man, like you, I've done my research. You can't, I've been shitting blood for two weeks straight like, like not that's normal. not food yeah. poison that's yeah. not food poisoning so anyways uh, i came back to canada found out i got crohn's disease or actually missed first they thought i had ulcerative colitis and then um found out later that i had crohn's disease um but uh anyways i couldn't drink i found out, like i couldn't drink at that point when i found out i had crohn's because it was like one of the worst things mm. is uh adding fire water to inflammation so I was like, oh, fuck, I'm a bartender. By then, by then, actually, I came back and, and uh, actually was teaching at the bartending school. And um, that the owner passed away. And so I took over that as my first business, was uh, running the School of Mixed Bartending School. And since I couldn't drink, music was my next passion. So I, I, I uh, hired a DJ instructor, a friend of mine that worked at the clubs with me in Vancouver to teach me how to DJ. and. Um, we ended up opening up an affiliate school that taught kids how to DJ and produce music called the School of Remix. So I had the School of Mix, Mixology, and then I had the School of Remix, which was because it was like mixing music or mixing drinks was kind of our mm. like go-to tie together there. So music was the uh, was the passion before motorcycling. Um, so I, I DJed there for out of ten, twelve years, but uh, that was. The two things that went out to touch back on the Crohn's disease, why why I got into that is when at, at points with the Crohn's disease, uh, I was stuck in bed at like long periods of time, like up to six months to a year at a time when I'd have a really bad flare up. And the things that got me through that was wanting to ride motorcycles and wanting to 
fake music. And uh, I couldn't afford to get a Harley when I was that age, <laughs> but I could afford to get turntables. Yeah. And then as soon as I could afford to get a Harley, me and a, a good friend of mine at the time went and rode motorcycles all over North America, down South America. And uh, Lord's Gas Town was a, a nickname that was given to us because of my, I had a DJ crew and a DJ, like I said, I DJed and I was a part owner of the Chronic, Chronic, Chronic Tacos. Came to, to <laughs> Chronic Tacos. I love yeah, that dude. name. I love that name. You, are you not familiar with that brand or the no, chain? No, I've never even heard of it. Uh, I just love the Chronic Tacos. Is hilarious. Yeah, it's out of California. Chronic. We man's an owner of uh, of the Chronic Tacos. Oh, it's a Mexican restaurant, I guess. Yeah. Nice. This is awesome. So those guys partnered with a guy in, in BC and opened up a thing. And anyways, I ha I was part owner in the Chronic Taco Cantina, which was a pretty a huge taco bar in Gastown. And we would DJ there and go bar hopping. And uh, that was a nickname that was given to us by the other bartenders in town because we were just kind of drunken hooligans that would come in after <laughs> DJ and they'd just be like, oh, the Lord's of Gastown are here. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, yeah, it was super organically kind of came and, you know, w the brand started right around the same time, you know, Facebook was peaking and I, Instagram was like just starting to get heavy and uh, we, I got on that platform. At the right time. At the right time, making, you know, decent content, I would say, on the road and yeah. was able to tell a story and... I had started a lifestyle brand around music before. Uh, cause, like, I think I, uh, I had this semi-successful music blog called Shit's Poppin' Off. And um, <laughs> we started a electronic lifestyle brand and a bunch of a series of parties in Vancouver. And then that kind of transitioned into making motorcycle-inspired clothing. I was dating a seamstress that wasn't really using her skills and started making custom upcycled clothing. And that kind of was what made Lord stand out at first was that we were doing some cool stuff with reworking and upcycling and using her seamstress abilities to, to build some cool stuff. And then, you know, and now it's gone to where it's at. I don't know how much you know or have looked up it, but we make a lot more shit now. Yeah, it seems like it's just the full-on... I mean, from an outsider's perspective, it just seems like it's a... Yeah, just the full-on big company. They sell a bunch of stuff, and I don't know. Just seems legit. Yeah, we yeah, and that was like I said, that wasn't the plan. That's where we're at now. It's uh, as a concept, it's ten years old um, now, and uh, but like as an incorporated brand, I think we're seven years old as a official company. That's interesting. I did. Uh, I grew up playing drums, and then I got into electronic music, and then I started a record label that turned into a lifestyle brand, and then. Instead of that working out, I uh, kind of organically fell into what I do, which is online marketing stuff. So there's some similarities there. And we both have glorious hair. Yeah, and, and an obsession with marijuana. And, and an obsession. The, yeah, uh, with, so, the, with the medical, the medicine that is marijuana. Yeah, only legal. Would never consume of anything illegal. Oh, of course not. Well, I, I, that's a lie. I, 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 well, not really, because I, because of my Crohn's, I was able to get a medicinal marijuana license early. Like, I've had my ability to use cannabis as a license for yeah like i think since 2011 now that's that'd be nice but yeah I, I, it, <laughs> it, it was but it was also like weird because it kind of got me in trouble because i'd get so accustomed to hey this is uh this is acceptable uh, but yeah. it's only acceptable in canada yeah and then and then i 
be accustomed to, and because I need it as a medicine, it's, 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 and you know, I've, I've done a lot of traveling when it's, when I've been in countries where it's not only frowned upon, but super illegal, it's been stressful because I, I've always needed it. You yeah. know, like I don't, what, I don't even look at the punishments anymore. <laughs> I was going to say like, what's the punishment in Panama? I don't know. I don't, I didn't know anything about it when we got there. I just noticed that you had weed on your shorts, like the weed emblem on your shorts. And I had weed in yeah, that's on an my o- socks. That's an, o- that's an OG traveler hack right there, man. You were going to advertise I know. what you're into. And, it was like, and that's how we started talking. <laughs> that's how we started talking. I, I didn't know if I like packed those socks for that purpose. I got them as a Christmas gift. My wife got them for me. And I was like, I'm going to wear my new <coughs> weed socks because they're new. And uh, But it turned out really good because I really just showed up. at. The, I hadn't even gone to my room yet when I saw you. We just showed up to the hotel. And I was talking to my brother like, man, probably impossible to find some weed. And then you just like... 30 seconds later, this long, long, lanky guy with long hair and weed just all over his shorts starts walking by. I'm like, hey, nice shorts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, look at my side. And then you're, yeah, it hooked me up. And then all of a sudden, and then it turned out we were stuck in the same hotel, the same eating at the same bar for like seven days straight. So, yeah, that was, yeah. well, you got, you got, that's what I'm saying. Like, you, that's what, like, my experience with cannabis has been that kind of mystical connection between people yeah. and like that was it like and that's why like that was good for the the way i live now is like that was good weed karma for me yeah because you know i was able to hook you up and it was just it just coincidentally because the tattoo artist that i was getting tattooed with my dad with was able to hook me up and that's yeah. just like good karma to be able to hook you up at the yeah. same time because i don't know i've had like I said, I've traveled a lot and like in some countries and um, Panama seemed like that for the limited time that I've been there. Well, I've, I've, like I said, I've ridden motorcycles all the way down to Nicaragua. So I've got a lot of experience mm. in South America, but just not in Panama. And uh, when you can get it, you just have to get it because it's, it's like... Yeah, you never know. But that was decent weed. It was good. I was just going to yeah. say I had a, I have a couple good memories of sitting on the the balcony or the the railing of that pool area just looking at the ocean and the, the night skyline yeah no it was a beautiful place to smoke for sure panama it was that place was that place probably is really really cool when it's not on lockdown i know i was thinking for you like and like my not i think you the most out of like because like my dad was fine to be chill but you were going down there for a holiday and you got in <laughs> full lockdown that's what i said to everybody i was like if i wasn't well, one, I'm saying that I'm not interested in traveling anytime soon after that experience, for one. Yeah. But two, if I was there, if I had booked there for a holiday and that happened, I'd be so pissed. I'd be trying to get a flight out every, like, just get me out of here. Like, yeah, well, this I, is, <laughs> I had make to be the there best with my of brother. It. No, of course, I'm just saying, and we made the best of it and whatever, yeah. but, like, that's why I'm, like, everybody's kind of like talking about needing to go on holiday and stuff. And I'm just like, you don't know what it's like out there right now. It's not holiday material. Like you can end up in a country that gets locked down and you, you're, and I don't know if you, you probably, you don't keep up, but Canada just made it way worse to travel right now. What happened? Well, if you enter, if you're doing internationally traveling outside of essential travel, you have to get a COVID test before you're allowed on the flight home which happened to us when yeah, we were I down there like saying that yeah yeah that was like a bitch for us but now you have to get that and then you when you land you now have to get another test when you land and go to a hotel for 3 days on your 
your dime, which costs you $2,000 to go isolate till those test Why results come. $2,000 for three days? That seems like a really expensive That's hotel. That's because it includes your food, your oh, room and board, your okay. food and everything, right? But so then if you get, if it comes back negative, then you can go home and finish your quarantine at home. At home. Or if it's positive, then you get taken to a, a COVID camp, a, a <laughs> facility. Facility, a facility that you have to, st- yeah, that you have to stay at. And right now, there's people like their families that don't know where their family members are because it's just all been implemented on Friday, and like people are getting off the plane and getting like jacked up. Yeah. Well, that or, or, like yeah, like they, they, their their families don't know where they're at. Oh, like they won't like they won't tell them where they're being. They're being detained, really. <laughs> That's sketch. That's it's super so sketch. sketch. So that it makes no sense. It shows you, in my mind, like how much faith do you have in these fucking tests? Like I had to get a test to get on the flight. I have to get a t- test when I get home. But even after that, if I'm still negative, I still have to do 14 days quarantine. Like what? And now you have to pay two grand for three days in the hotel. Just like, to look, I get, just to come yeah, home. They're try, yeah, I get it. They're trying. They're trying to discourage. They're trying to discourage international travel because so many fucking sheep have been brainwashed to think that that's the main cause. And if we stop that, it's like, dude. But the science says two. It's two percent is international travel. I don't know anything about that, but I think it's probably way more than just people traveling international. Oh, like, it's way more. Yeah, you can't but stop the flu by or the common cold by stopping people from flying. It's it's it's, it's here. It's gonna do its thing. It's the monkeys out of the genies out of the bottle. Yeah, no, I'm with it, but like I can't believe the levels of restrictions that we're being inflicted on that for Canada yeah. as, as such a as supposed to be this big free country. It's you gnarly. Guys, you guys definitely are way more um, left leaning, which left leaning thinking has been like correlated with support of stricter lockdowns. I guess it doesn't mm-hmm. surprise me that you guys have gone a little harder in the paint than. Like if they if they tried that shit in America, like Texas would revolt or something. Yeah. You know what I mean, it just I don't well, know. Well, well, our Texas is Alberta's. Like you know, that's Alberta's our Texas, and they're like not having it, and it's happening here too. It's like people are. It's so divided. It's like fifty fifty. It's yeah. like fifty people are like pro vaccine, pro like just listen to the government and just follow the rules, and then this will all be over. You fucking assholes are ruining it for all of us. And it's like. Dude, it's not based on. I I can't buy into your science. Like, if it's science based, then hundred percent, I'm down. Yeah. Like, I'll listen. Like, it makes sense to me. But like Tony Robbins, I'm interested to find out if this motherfucker is gonna get canceled now too. Because I don't know. Did you see? Do you know who Tony Robbins is? Yeah, he's that motivational speaker guy. Yeah, but he's like no more than that. He's like a guru, like entrepreneur, business guy, and connected to like the top doctors yeah, and healers in the world. Rich. He's not an yeah. uneducated conspiracy theory fucking you know tinfoil hat guy he just came out and pointed out the thing that i've been saying in a lot of my arguments for the last however long is like okay we have the full metrics now for 2020 2020 was the worst most deadliest year ever it's over we have the numbers for it why are there the same deaths in 2020 as there was in 19 18 17 16 all the way to 15 same death toll for that last five for the last five years yeah, that's how does that question. make that's how does that question. make sense if we just went through the most deadly pandemic and had this super virus out there? Well, no, but this is the thing. This is it goes deeper. Is like so the numbers, how the numbers work now is that heart disease, cancer, 
heart disease has gone down and cancer has gone down for the first time in 50 years. Because the flu, the flu doesn't exist anymore. Like the flu doesn't kill people and the flu does kill people, all the time. but it's all yeah. been, it's all been replaced by COVID. Those, yeah. th- that's how that number still makes sense is there's all these COVID deaths, but there's no heart attacks. There's no cancer. There's no flu. I mean, there is, but these the numbers are way down for the first there time is. in 50 it's just years. Getting, I think it's a combination for sure of COVID listed death having multiple that's what it is yeah because they'll list like multiple things and they'll they'll say other reasons but then the reporting was like well covid's on there it doesn't matter if it also says heart attack or also says yeah if they were already gonna die but they died from covid they died from covid yeah even though they were gonna die anyways yes and they were gonna be a statistic of that year instead of being a cancer patient or a a flu patient or in you know like um heart disease now they're COVID because they died with COVID, not because of COVID. Obviously. Do you, do you think the lockdowns could have like lowered like traffic deaths enough? I'm just trying to think of other reasons why. Because what you're basically saying is the total number of deaths is the same as it's always been. Yeah. So that's why, the main point. Where, where's all the extra deaths? That are that's what to, I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, the other point that he makes in that video is that the same amount of old people died because that's the other thing people are saying. Well, it's 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 all these old people that are dying, and and the young people aren't dying because they're isolating and they're blah blah blah. No, the same amount of old people have died for the last five years. Within, I think it was fifteen thousand. There's like a fifty. It's not like, obviously it's not the exact same number, but it's within fifteen thousand, which is the same. What if this was all like a uh, what if? <laughs> What if China was? Sometimes I just like if you want to if you want to play conspiracy theories, just play with them. It's they're like gambling. Every once in a while, they're right, so they're yeah. always sexy, and you win. Well, and so, isn't that why the Simpsons are so good? Because they're so good at gambling. Yes, because they get it right all the time. The uh, conspiracy theories. Because I remember right when I started seeing pictures and video from Wuhan in like February, I would say of 2020. I was like, oh shit. This is going to be the end because like China, I don't view China as a country that has a ton of care or value in the individual lives of its citizens, like Tiananmen Square. Like they'll just kill their own people. They don't give a shit. Yeah. So I was thinking like if, if I was China and I didn't want to be known for like letting this thing out, you could just, if it wasn't that bad, you'd pretend like it didn't happen, but they did the opposite. They locked down Wuhan in this like crazy fashion. And it just seemed like such an extreme response that I was like, even before it started hitting here, it programmed my mind to think like this is going to be bad because China went hard in the paint. And they can afford to let their people die. So mm-hmm. why did they go so hard in the paint? Well, it must be really, really bad. Now I look back at conspiracy theory. What if that was all like just fake media? Like we're just <laughs> we're just gonna make what it if? look like this thing is well. But okay, but then that's the point to speak to that. That's another big point that I always point out. Is like so they're saying the Western world will not recover without this vaccine. Like that's the that's the narrative that we're being told now. It's like the only way out is 70 to 80% coverage of the western world with vaccine and that's our best case scenario. Well, I'm seeing footage from Wuhan, China where it came out they're and like, like going to parties they're back and shit. To, yeah. They're they're throwing they're throwing pool parties. Their 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 new years was wall to wall like, you know, face to face. Granted they're wearing masks, okay. I'll give them that. But they're back to normal without a vaccine. So how come we can't get back to normal without a vaccine? Does China not have a vaccine? I don't follow enough to know if no, they've done a vaccine. No, China China didn't use a vaccine to recover. Mind you, they'll say that, you know, there's probably the other side is that, well, they've had some more flare-ups and stuff. Sure they have, but they're back to pretty much normal without a vaccine. We're, I mean, it's weird for me. 
because where I'm from, Utah, it's like it's kind of a smaller population, pretty conservative, right-leaning state. We shut down for like three months where like no jujitsu, no restaurants, the things that like it actually affected my life. And then other than that, it's been normal. Like you wear a mask when you go out to eat, but that's it. So I I hear these like actually Panama was a good wake up call for me to be like, bitch. <laughs> Utah's not the center of the universe. Like, you hear all these things about lockdowns when where you're at, it's not that big of a deal. And so I've been kind of mm-hmm. like, eh, like life's normal. It's not a big deal. No, and it's interesting to that point is here, it's like only in city, in the cities does COVID really exist. As soon as you drive like a couple hours outside of the city and like get out to the, you know, the country and the Redneckvilles, like, no, it doesn't exist. Yeah, it's weird. So it's the, it's, it's a trip. I don't dig it. I don't think anyway. For sure, it's very fishy. <laughs> I don't dig it, but it's also surreal. It's surreal as fuck. Like I would have not. As much as I was like always questioned establishment, you know, as a fan of a lot of, you know, I don't know, you, I don't know. Like I always w- was down with artists that question stuff. You know, like yeah. Bill Hicks and like, you know, certain, you know artists and i still didn't see this coming this quickly this hard yeah it's been the whole thing's been really really weird Uh, yeah again panama was weird to see were you there when that that dude that was the firefighter tried to like go to the beach across the street did you hear Um, him talk about that i didn't no i didn't see that (laughs) you got shit dude i guess he was telling my brother ah we just go like they're not gonna enforce it just tell them you're a you're a foreigner blah 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 and he tried to go across the street to the beach and i guess he made it like 30 feet three cars pulled up dudes in like swat gears yelling out in spanish but they're not playing around but i had that same thought i'm like that's because that's like downtown panama city one of the most popular beaches i bet if you drove to whatever the rural version of panama is you could probably get out and walk around and yeah have a little bit more freedom i I would i I would think so yeah yeah it's it's definitely like way worse in in the major cities like dude coming home through houston uh was gnarly (laughs) (laughs) what do you mean just i don't know because there's such a huge i had to go through that huge airport and it was just like craziness (laughs) i don't know i'm trying to like it was it was gnarly just how busy it was well, how busy it was and how slow the process has gotten. I mean, it was already uh, a, at a painstakingly slow process. Yeah. And just how much slower it has gotten. And like, and, and it, it, it's, it's just like Canada just implemented that COVID test uh, as we were coming back on January 7th. So do you think that the lady behind the counter at the United desk, who's like maybe in her 60s, is like really up to... These new mandates and speeds of these things. And these are the people that are enforcing it at the airports and stuff. And like, you know, not, not, not even hating on this woman. Like it's just, it's, it's just a bizarre situation. And on top of it, she's trying to read a a COVID test from Panama in Spanish. (laughs) So she's like, and then the, the woman beside her, she's like, it doesn't matter. Just let them go. Just like, and just how like how much Dude, bullshit it is. I so had serious. that thought when we were leaving. You could just fake those COVID tests. Well, maybe that's what people are starting to do. Which, yeah, you totally could in a lot because you could just. That's what I mean. If I had to know, if I had to be able to be like, oh, we have to Photoshop some documents to get by this woman Sharon in her sixties at <laughs> <Yes>. the United <laughs> desk, like no problem. But I will say. That's what I'm. My point being is how fucked up is God. Is they did deny some families at the gates, and they weren't allowed to come into Canada because their COVID test 
wasn't legit or they didn't even get the notice that they were supposed to, they have to have this COVID test because they're not watching the news or the updates from Canada or, or whatever the reasons being. So I had to, we had to wait two hours on the tarmac because you can't fly with those people's bags. Holy shit. So they had to pull all the bags off and find the bags of the people that they're now denying because of their COVID test and pull their bags off. But, but it was bizarre that they let it go to switch. When we checked our bags, we had to show our COVID test. So why they didn't get denied then? Then. And yeah. instead they got denied right at the gate. Like they were about to board the plane. Like there's full on moms having a meltdown because they got two kids and it's like they're being stuck in Houston and they think that they're going back to Canada. You know, it's just, it's gnarly. The traveling Damn. experience was gnarly. Damn. That and then, sucks. you know, you know, people, everyone's certain people like not down with the masks and like, put your nose in your mask, sir, or you're going to have to get off this plane. Just like, I don't know. Uh, I'm not stoked. I'm pretty bummed to be honest with you because it's hard. Like I do so much work in America. Like, yeah, you travel a lot. You bike. Yeah, and I and I can't ride over. I can't ride over the border. And okay, well, fine. I could organize bikes and I could fly in. But then when I fly in, I got to deal with all of this shit coming back. Yeah. Like who? If, if you're taking two weeks off to go down there, you got to take two weeks to quarantine. When you get back, and now you got to pay two grand to stay at a hotel, and if it doesn't work, and if you for whatever reason get a false positive, you're going to a you going to some COVID camp. Ca- COVID camp, like fuck off, COVID really? camping trip, hooray! Yeah, no, no, thank you. That was uh, I was listening to some podcast, and they were talking about the Japanese internment camps during World War II in America, and I had learned about it as a kid, but I was just thinking about. Just the idea of taking someone and putting them in a camp is super scary. Governments, for the most part, in like modern history, it hasn't happened a ton in America. Like that's still one of the big ones. But uh, this COVID thing, when people are going to look back and talk, I mean, it's going to be talked about on podcasts and in history and for forever because it is so weird. The whole thing is so weird, and, and there's just really no way to make sense of it. But I, I know I asked you when we were there. You're a little bit older than me, right? What year were you born? 79 79 canada Mm -hmm. the year cool died (laughs) did you uh have game consoles growing up as a kid yeah man uh well did i own one of course later on but i was actually just telling this story later it was kind of traumatic right uh when i thought i was first getting my first game console was a nintendo when then the og nintendo came out and we were at my grandparents cabin on the lake with the my mom's uh, family's got like six uh, siblings and uh, one of the siblings was up there with my adopted cousins there and they got it for christmas and i didn't and it was like <laughs> a super traumatic and my aunt tried to fix it and be like no no it's kind of like it's you can it's yours too like to try and like settle me down and like oh, man. i would say that i would say that to my cousins that were old and they weren't really my cousins they were like her husband's kids like we weren't blood related and they're like yeah well it's it's sort of mine too like my aunt's and they're like fuck that it's ours santa gave it to us you didn't get one your parents are cheap (laughs) (laughs) um but so anyways my first uh yeah that was my first experience with that but no i started playing games my first game would have been a coleco first experience would have been coleco that's what i was gonna guess Normally, I. Were you to, gonna guess that? Yeah, normally I. Uh, Shit. I, it's okay. It's fine. I. Uh, I have like a tradition where if I if I know your age and sort of like country you grew up in, it's pretty easy to narrow it down. 
I was going to say the Atari 20. Okay, guess the game. Well, I can't guess Atari, the game. Atari was after. Well, yeah, it just depends on, it depends on like what your, it's not everyone gets things when they come out, but that era would have been either the, the 2600 or the ColecoVision or the NES if your family was a little behind the times. Those are the three I would have guessed, but I honestly would have guessed Atari 2600, not ColecoVision. Yeah, what was Paul on? 26 is probably on honestly it's probably on both, both of them but... both yeah so my first experience was donkey kong and popeye on the coleco the lady who i went to her daycare so the daycare i went to at, the, at my at this late lady lynn's house that i grew up with her older kids had coleco and i played their coleco vision when i was there for for daycare i had never seen footage of the coleco port of donkey kong it looks it looks a little janky <laughs> <laughs> but it's not too bad huh the controller was weird it was like had numbers on it yeah it, like just had a joystick at the top the ColecoVision was wasn't it that weird like it almost looked like a like a phone number pad yeah 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 exactly. yeah, yeah that one was weird as shit so that was like my first experience with it and then atari after that was at a friend's house and then after that would have been sega altered beast that's a big one for a lot of people yeah, Altered Beast, my my friend's older brother had that on his Sega, and it was like, oh, it's so cool. No, you can't play it. Like, fucked with that big time. And Sega Genesis, yeah, Nintendo, Nintendo 64, I fucked with all that. When you were young, what do you remember besides Donkey Kong on the ColecoVision? Well, Donkey Kong and Popeye was the other Popeye. one. Popeye, oh yeah. And they had, you had to eat spinach and, like, gave obviously gave you, like, power and... Brutus, you had to, Brutus was a fucking dick. Was <laughs> trying to steal your woman. I've never seen footage of this. It kind of looks like a mix of the OG Mario, not the Super Mario Brothers, but the Mario Bros and Donkey Kong. You go up these stairs, there's levels, and you have the chick on the top. Yeah. I've never seen, I didn't. I mean, I didn't have a Coleco. It was a little before my time. Yo, did you ever fuck with the, like, PC shit? Like, Laser Shoot Larry? Have you ever heard of this game? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Please shoot Larry Please is shoot. like the horny kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that yes. was like Sega Genesis was the cons when the older brother was playing on the Sega Genesis. We would go fuck on the com- fuck around on the computer, <laughs> and I remember Leisure Suit Larry, and I remember Leisure Suit Larry, and I remember being like, "I'm gonna get in shit for playing this game." Like we had to like hide it. Yeah, because it was like so gnarly. Yeah, that like was you, uh, like you could get AIDS. I think you, <laughs> as the character, you could get AIDS. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, dick- sexual humor. Like back, there was this phase in like the eighties and the nineties, more so the eighties. I remember renting a movie called The Creature from the Black Lagoon. I think in the eighties, and uh, my dad's like, "This is a classic. You should watch it." And I grew up super re- hardcore religious family. Like nudity and sex were like, but next to murder. But literally, they taught. There's murder, like the worst scene in the world, murder, and then sex mm-hmm. is like right under. Yeah, that's how we that's how we were rolled. But so I yeah, was yeah. anything I could get a hold of because I was a starved, horny teenager. And Creature from the Black Lagoon had tits in it as like it was a PG movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, Leisure Shoot Larry was another one where there was not nudity per se, but you could like be exposed to sexual content yeah. and innuendo. Yeah, yeah, have, yeah, yeah. There was it was super sexualized. That's yeah. what I mean. That's what I mean. I remember thinking that I'd get in trouble for like getting caught playing it or whatever but yeah i play i play i played a lot of video games i haven't game but i like that's why i was worried like oh it's gonna be too heavy gaming like i don't know if I, i'm gonna be able to talk too much but then i was like dude you played video games your whole life you just haven't played them in like 10. yeah and so yeah 
we normally talk about older games. Then the, the podcast is called Gaming Memories. My idea was like, I'm just going to talk to people about the games they liked growing up. It's just like a way to have an easy conversation. Yeah, you know no, it's I mean? dope. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but I kind of like now with the lockdown and being sick, like I want, like I'm like Ooh. I should get on the oh. game thing, but I always get insecure. Like, bro, I can hook I'm you too, up. I'm too, I'm too old. Like, I, I suck no, it. <laughs> no. You know yeah, what they say? Yeah, time yeah. wasted. Wait, excuse me. Time enjoyed is never time wasted. True that. True so, that. But you can't so, waste time what, what playing do you, video games. What, what do you play on right? What's your jam right now? I play a lot of retro games just because of the the content I put on TikTok yeah, and Instagram course. to promote the podcast. So I'll just like try old school games out, get drunk and just high and just have fun and then edit like my impressions together. So there's a lot of like emulators playing like Super Nintendo, Nintendo, PS1 games. But as far as new games, I got I got on that cyberpunk, cyberpunk tip on launch day for me on PC. Yo, it was awesome. yo do you, how do you like the music on that? The music was fucking badass. Dark okay, so remember I was saying that I used remember that I said that I used to own the school of remix? Yes. You know who one of my instructors that taught Ableton was? No. Tell me. Who do you, who made the music for Cyberpunk? There's a bunch of artists. You gotta look on them this. up. There's oh a... yeah, but Conrad. Conrad Old Money. I didn't know that. I because uh, there's like he made a bunch of the music on there and he's like been telling me about this game that's gonna blow up and then that's it. It's Cyber uh... Cyberpunk. But check him out on Instagram. He makes sick. He's like he's the kill kills the beats game big time. So he did all the non because there is like this thing where you can uh, turn off licensed music if you're like streaming. Because yeah. they had a bunch of like big names make songs, but I of course, yeah, yeah. So he did all the stuff like in between the yeah. big names. Okay, yeah, I'm trying yeah. to find the uh, all these articles are just about like the guest spots. What's his name? His like artist name? Conrad Old Money. Oh, they have refused. I didn't know that. Oh, shit. The refused were the band for Johnny's fake artificial... That's hard to explain. One of the characters has a rock band, and they have a bunch okay. of original songs in the game. The band yeah. that made those original songs was refused, who I, I mm. like a lot. I didn't know that. That's crazy. Conrad. Oh, there it is. Conrad Old Money. Okay, yeah. Blossy Blues, Problem Kids, Bigger Man, Go Blaze... Conrad Old Money. Nice. Dude, there's he hundreds of tracks on this. You sh he, he's a machine, bro. His other side project, uh, Single Friend. If you like, like, ambient. Oh, yes. Like, okay, yes. look up Single Friend. That's his, and he's just prolific, dude. He just produced, I think he puts out, like, seven tracks a day or something. Would he come on the podcast? Dude, he would, I'm sure he would love to do it. He's a, he, he's a, he's a rad dude, super talented motherfucker. And uh, su super big supporter of Lords, which I, I appreciate a lot. And we so LSD Lords Sound Division was our crew that we were in when I kind of exited music and went in heavy into motorcycling. That's so weird that we both did the record label music brand thing. That's a how far how far how far what like for me it seems like that's why I feel dumb talking about it because it's. It's another it's another lifetime that I can't reference as quickly. So it feels like I'm lying because I just can't access it as quick as it's it been, is. It's been too long, yeah. It's been too long since because uh, like the artist names, like dude, my I used to run a blog. Like I could just go off about artists. Yeah. My I threw my one my biggest memory with my my label was you know no D well you obviously know who DJ AM was yes. right yes yeah so he played like this super intimate underground set for us 
because he was a, a supporter of my blog and my brand, the Shit's Poppin' Off blog. He like mm. would always give us love and shit. And that was uh, that was a big deal when 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 he passed away. And like that was that was uh, on the on the tail end of of the, my music career, we'll call it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to say that it like affected me a lot, but it, it did. Like he was, he, he, I, I, had, we had a connection w- around the brand and him. And like when he passed away, I kind of like motorcycles took over. I, yeah. I just wanted to, I just wanted to get on my motorcycle and fucking like ride clean, around. And, it was like a clean break at that point. Like it's time to change. Yeah, there was. I want again. It wasn't just. It wasn't just that that happened too. Like also, DJ wages got, and I was part of the problem. Like I taught all these motherfuckers how to beat match and play on digital. Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden, there's so many DJs that'll just play for for nothing. Um, it just got super saturated. So there's a lot of reasons why. Oh, that that, and I guess the biggest reason was I became a father, and I wasn't yeah. about to be doing late night weekend parties. And I was kind of over it. I was just—it was just time. And then motorcycling took over, and Lord's brand took over, and I kind of transferred everything that I was doing in the music world over to motorcycling. Like I had screen printing, and, and was passionate about making T-shirts at the time. And Lord's kind of just blew up. Nice. It seems like it was a good move. I mean, I—I I know I spent so many years trying to do the music thing to varying levels of success. And similar, I wouldn't have a kid, but I was married. And after a while, it was like. I don't like want to go play the shows and set up and take down and be home late. Like it's just, Dude, um, yeah. I'm not into thing. it. Cables. Cables is another thing for me too. Like when with cables and just like setting up a Serato full turntable setup, I sw- at the end I was just on the hoverboard. We used to call it, it was the first pioneer, like all in one DJ things. And like you get hated on for running that, but it was just like so same simple. thing, like yeah. set up. Well, I would just hate that my night could be ruined by one ca- like one a, cable, a ca- yeah. cable or something, or in the middle of your set, your fucking laptop dies. And that was, I fucking, I, I want to tell you this story. I, our five-year anniversary of uh, of the School of Remix, we brought in Africa, like someone from Africa, Bombata, or I can't, a big, I can't even remember right now who it was. And I just wanted a party. And <laughs> are you familiar with Phoenix Tears? I'm not. Phoenix Tears are... It looks like black tar hair. It's like the black tar that they derivative of cannabis that they started treating like skin cancer and stuff like that. It's like chemo patients use like cancer patients huh. use. It's a super condensed form of cannabis, and they get it, they put it in a syringe, and it's uh, super strong. Anyways, those are Phoenix tears. They made them into tinctures, and you could get different potencies of these tink- these drops that Sounds go like under your tongue. Idea. They are amazing, bro. These <laughs> things are amazing. Because I love edibles, except it's so hard to regulate. Like, huh. if you get somebody gives you a cookie or a brownie, or like something like you, you're like Russian roulette. Like, you're, yeah, you're putting 100%. your life in there. And so, with these Phoenix tears, it was way more calculated because. It would be the percentage of what those bottles were, and then you put the drops under your tongue, and you can really regulate your oh, your your edible high. Yeah. So I love these things. I was just and like using them as a medicine. It it's great for my condition. Anyway, it's long story short. I don't want to drag this up, but I had a full bottle of the strongest Phoenix Tears that they made, and I think it was like thirty five percent or forty percent strong, and. I put it in my. G- I opened up for this. I can't. I have to look who it was. I'm kind of insulted that I don't. Know. 
but I was opening DJ and I put the, the, you know what a tincture bottle looks like with those rubber nipples on top for, yeah. So I had a full bottle of those and I put it in my jeans and I obviously would have sat down at some point and the rubber nipple ripped out of the top of that bottle, I guess when I sat down in my jeans and the whole bottle leaked out in my pocket. But they were like dark enough den- denim that I couldn't see it and I was- had enough to drink. I didn't notice this really at all. So that absorbed into my leg. <laughs> and like, <laughs> I don't remember any anything after, but just the stories. And, you know, it was the, the, the pictures obviously told stories because we had a professional photographer that night. And like, I was on heroin. I was like on heroin. <laughs> I, flail- I flailed my whole, I don't know what happened, but I have maybe made up recollections of taking a cab and ending up at a pizza joint and just leaving my laptop and my hard drive and all my music and stuff in that pizza joint and then just (laughs) flailing out of there and then somehow getting home. So this is the second time I had lost my music library as a DJ (laughs) in like, I think three years. And like, did you ever DJ or like, I only produce. No, I never. Okay. But you knew JJ. Yeah. That's your whole life. Like that's your playlist. That's your, I everything you know like I compiled that that was everything so much time that went into it I was just like the all these signs are like you're you need to give music a break so I yeah that's 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 when motorcycling took over so it's like marijuana motorcycling <laughs> and music has been my thing been your thing I have the M's the it's all M's. about the M's for me the uh the triple M the triple M threat I had a similar kind of similar experience with uh just an oil in a vape pen that long story short it broke while i was driving like a like a vape pen like that and uh yeah it spilled everywhere and for some reason i thought it wouldn't be oily active because if you eat dry flour it's not oily active you have to bake it whatever and i'm like okay. oh it's, it's no, like fine i just like licked no it i like licked it all up off my hand all off my arm cleaned it all up it was like half but i was somewhere around like 300 milligrams probably that i licked up and for me yeah. Like I, a fifty milligram edible was like the death. Like I had a terrible experience. Like I like to be like fifteen. I'm a lightweight. Like fifteen yeah. milligrams is like where I like to go. Long story short, yeah, I I had a just gnarly ass. Exp- my gnarliest experience on top of all LSD, DMT, mushrooms is weed. Is weed. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Weed. Hundred percent. It's the scariest thing. I, I totally agree with you. I say that all the time, and I. That's the shittiest thing about trying to get people into edibles because I think it's such a powerful medicine, and it really is. It's. It's. I believe it's. You know, potentially better for you than. Well, it's obviously better for you than smoking because the yeah. the combustible side of things. But I just think it can treat a lot more things. But if you have a bad experience, it's really to hard it. to recover. It's yeah. so hard to recover, and even I, for me, like like I. That's how. Like I didn't like smoking weed in high school and when I first got around it because it was too much for me and it made me feel paranoid. But when I when it became such a tool and medicine for me that it would stop all these symptoms at once when pharmaceutical was prof- for, uh, prescribing me all this gnarly, gnarly pills for everything and weed was helping, you know, I, I had to push past the whole, I don't like how weed makes me feel. And what my experience with that became is like weed kind of removes the veils of what's going on for you emotionally. And it's not that weed makes, I would say two points with that weed, good weed doesn't make you paranoid. It just doesn't allow you to ignore that you are a paranoid 
yes. and need to deal with that in general. Yeah. Unless you're smoking shitty weed that hasn't been flushed or produced property and you're smoking chemicals in the weed, I believe that does cause people to have it. Like when I've smoked like sh- weed that's not been flushed and it's got chemicals to it, that will give me anxiety. But if I smoke good weed and I get anxiety, it's because I have underlying anxiety and yeah. stuff going on that weed as a medicine, as a plant teacher, just shows you. And that's what my whole, my lesson was when with that and somebody OG smoker was like, you're fighting the plant, man. Stop fighting the plant. And like <laughs> once I kind of approached it that way, I didn't, ha- I didn't have that as much. It dissipated for sure. Like I dealt with my anxiety and stuff, but it was hard for me. Like, uh, like I said, I didn't like how I had to, t- I was a bartending instructor, so I'd have to teach five or like eight to 10 people twice a day, strangers and be ripped <laughs> on and and like in my head so I, I like it broke me like i had like talk myself in the bathroom down of like no you're, it's good like get out there and teach these fucking kids how to bartend <laughs> but i was like they all know i'm high i'm gonna <laughs> lose my mind anyways yeah i'm getting high now so i'm probably making less sense no i, I just ripped i just had a little rip ski myself little rip ski myself I, I remember you said you had a Coleco, Atari NES, and then Genesis. I wanted to ask a couple more memories of the Genesis because I had a Genesis, and a lot of my uh-huh. guests didn't have a Genesis. Super Nintendo seems to be more popular as far as my guests go. And I'm yeah. curious, I'm hoping that you will remember some of the games that I want you to remember. What what sticks okay. out in your mind on the Genesis besides... NHL Hockey 94. That's a 93, big one. 91. Like all the NHL, the EA, EA Sports uh, hockey was a big thing for, I mean, growing up in Canada. Some people we think ninety five was the greatest hockey game. I think yeah, it was up there. Like I, th- I, when did it start? What was the f- I, we we, we would have started with the first EA uh, That's a NHL. Really good question. So what was the? I first? think it started like ninety one or something. Ninety one. Yep, you were right. Ninety one. Was I? F- yep. See, I have I have a wizard stoner memory. I can pull <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. So ninety one was when we started playing with the three buttons, just mashing the three buttons. And there is, you'd figure out like the way that, that you could deke in and like almost we, you would always score. And like we had to make rules that like you couldn't do that fucking scumbag move. <laughs> Otherwise, it was, or, or like that was like cheating basically. But at 95 for sure. Yeah, so I know people well, who are Blades of Steel. Uh, yeah, that's Blades a big one. Steel. Blades of Steel. Well, yeah, all the hockey games is huge for us kids. Blades yeah, you. Of Steel. Uh, what was that on? You guys love you Nintendo. guys love the hockey in Canada. I forget about that. It's a big deal. Do. Oh, dude, it's the only thing. Like, of course, because we're good. we we in the we rank high in the world. Like, we're usually the top or second. So, like, it's How a very countries pride, are pride into thing. hockey, like Canada. Are you the only one? U- U.S. Well, the U.S. Um, no, in the world scene, like Sweden's big. I can see that. Yeah. Russia, Canada, oh, yeah. and Russia, Duh. Russia, Canada, Russia, U.S. have been the rivals for the last twenty years or more. I guess. I don't know. Again, I'm high, but my timeline is different when I'm high. <laughs> but yeah, hockey games was a hockey video games was a big thing. Blades of Steel was on Nintendo, I believe, and then yeah. Yeah. EA, EA Sports was Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo also had EA EA I think they um, had the same ones on Super Nintendo. I think it was both. And, yeah. Um did you play Wayne Gretzky's on 64? Ghetto. We never fucked with that. <laughs> 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 no, I remember I remember loving Wayne and just oh, actually I don't, that's not really true. I was from well, I loved Wayne when he 
when he was winning for Canada, obviously, but then when he became like the superstar stuff, and like I don't know, I didn't think it was a superior game. I thought EA was a better game. It probably was. I just for 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 a lot of American kids that weren't aware, hockey just wasn't on my radar at all. Like no one knew. Yeah, yeah. You guys, what was your? But shit, I knew football, who Wayne baseball. Well, I was gonna say, but I knew who Wayne Gretzky was. He was. Well, like, you have to know Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah, he, he was, was like. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, he's the he's still the measuring stick. Is he like the, the Michael the Jordan still? One. He's oh. Michael Jordan, hundred percent. Okay, yeah, he, that's the Michael Jordan. Is he is legitimate? Like very few people or any anyone who's a basketball head, pretty much from what I can tell, agree that Michael Jordan's the goat by a long yeah. shot. Is that how yeah. it is in hockey? Like Wayne Gretzky, or is it like debatable? There's other guys. There's a, the, well, people would say Gordie Howe or Mario Lemieux, like. So Wayne Gretzky's 99, right? And Mary Lemieux's 66. And those are like probably Canada's too. So they went back and forth. And so Wayne was not considered to be the the OG all-round player because he was not super built. Like he was smaller. He was so skilled, but he you could smash him into the boards and like murder him. And then he, <laughs> the game's over for him. And that's part of hockey. So he always had to, he always had to, he needed to have an enforcer, like a Marty McSorley so people like like Lemieux more because Lemieux could take hits and, and throw hits and Lemieux would fight. And that was the other thing. Wayne never fought. And like, if you don't fight in hockey, that says uh. something, you know, that's kind of a, that was his death. But he was like Michael Jackson on skates, bro. He just like, it was Michael Jordan. He, he just killed it. Yeah. Just so you can't, you scale. can't take it away from him. He, but some people, you know, like, Certain hockey fans are like, if you don't fight or throw hits, then it's not full on hockey. Or that's not real hockey. That's soccer. <laughs> that's like what a lot of so- I played soccer too, and I love soccer or football, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, but um, that's what hockey guys always hate on soccer players because they look like they get fucking shot with a shotgun when they get yeah hit. The flopping, hockey- the flopping in soccer, especially in the last like five years, seems to have gotten to just. Almost theatrics, like, yeah, yeah it's, it's comical theatrical. theatrics, yeah. yeah. But that's the I would I would say that's the ref the refs that made it that way because if the refs never called that shit, then they wouldn't do it. True, but because refs let them. But hockey's they're trying to take fighting out of hockey, of course. <laughs> really? So, oh, of course. What are you talking about? Really, you're surprised that you don't think punching people in the face is considered offensive in the world <laughs> that we're living in now? I just I guess you guys love you guys love hockey so much. How could you? I mean, it'd be like taking out tackles of football for America. We would never. No, you can't do that. Part of the game, right? That's what hockey. You, you would think. Well, it's all about the world's all about safety now, bro. You can't. You can't get people getting hurt. No. Yeah. I guess. Well, not. Everything's got to be bubble wrapped and Karen approved. Then you better not ride those bikes around. What's that? Motorcycles? Yeah, gonna... you can't ride those around. That's too dangerous. You better get off That's that gonna... bike. Oh, motorcycles are gonna be, are gonna get made illegal soon because if you put them up against COVID, they kill way more people than COVID. Do you really think though that it'll, they'll be made illegal? I don't think so. No, not at all. They no. won't. <laughs> Sturgis was the only event that really happened last year. That's, that's why I think it's bizarre for. That's why the biker community is just like, oh, you're you're here to protect me, and like I'm scared of this. Like every time I get on my motorcycle, the statistics of me dying is higher than COVID. True, hundred percent. Motorcycles are dangerous. It's dangerous as fuck. But yeah. we were supposed to be allowed to make those decisions. But I guess motorcycles don't kill grandma. Usually, so, not, not yet. Not yet. Bro, get down. My cat. 
sometimes want to jump on my synth. It's like, hell no, jump on that thing. Fucking cats. Um, what else on Genesis do you remember? Mike Tyson's punch out wasn't Genesis, was it? That's Nintendo. Um, Great game, though. Mike, Mike Tyson punch out was another big one. Uh, on Genesis... Well, Sega Genesis altered was an altered beast Sega Genesis. Oh yeah. Or is that regular Sega? Was there regular Sega and then Sega Genesis? There was a Master System first and then Genesis second. Okay. What was Golden Axe on? Both. Golden Axe was Sega Sega Genesis. I think Golden Axe might have actually been on the Master System too. Golden Axe. Well, I think we had the OG system, which was like altered beast and maybe Golden Axe. Yeah. Well, did did you see what shirt I'm wearing right now? No, it is, oh yeah, Golden Axe. Golden Axe. Oh, sure. I, I didn't pull that out. Of, I seriously didn't um, even see that. I played it on Genesis and arcade, but I there was a Master System port. Oh, Mortal Kombat, definitely on oh, Genesis. Oh yeah, Mortal Kombat and uh, Street Fighter. Street Fighter was big for me. More and Mortal Kombat on those consoles, I think. What would what's, be the bigger ones? What do you want me to remember? Throw some out, and uh, I want to walk down the mem. I was hoping that maybe you'd game memory. Did you play a game called Toe Jam and Earl? Well, what? Toe Jam and Earl? Toe Jam and Earl, no. <sighs> I think you would have. I think you would have liked it. Had Ninja that game. Gaiden. Ninja, Ninja Gaiden. Ninja Gaiden's badass. Yes, that's a Nintendo, and I think there's one on Genesis. I think that may have been on Genesis as well. There is one on Genesis. Contra. That was Nintendo. Yeah. I never really fucked with Zelda and that shit as much. Couldn't do the role playing. NBA Jam. Oh yeah. That was on Sega Genesis, wasn't it? I think it was on Nintendo as well. Yeah, definitely. Is it the shoes? <laughs> yeah. He's on fire. Yeah, yeah, that was the one. Yeah, bro, that's hilarious. It's it's it's, it's interesting for me. Like you know, music can take you back to a certain oh, point yes. in your life. Yes. Like that definitely has that same vibe. And I just don't. I'm not in the gaming community, so I don't talk about gaming as much. I know my my bros are. And what's the new shooting game that you can play together? Probably Warzone. So, Call of Duty Warzone. War, Call of Duty, that's it. Yeah. yeah, yeah they're, they're all big into that. That's a bit, that's, you know, that's a huge cultural phenomenon, that, that, that so franchise. What, so what, what are you playing on? Is it a system that you're playing? What's Cyberpunk on? I, I played Cyberpunk on, on. on PC, just like a oh, regular okay. PC, yeah. Do you mostly play games on PC now yeah. versus a console? Like 99.9% PC. Just because, especially uh, old anything that's a semi-older console, you can emulate on the PC. Yeah. And so it's like, I can play everything in one spot on my nice studio setup. I can record footage of any Nintendo game, any Super Nintendo game, whatever. I can play it all on my PC. It's uh-huh. uh, super convenient. But I will play the Switch sometimes. I like Smash Brothers. You can only play that on Switch. Or the newest one on Switch. What is tw- is Switch and Twitch the same? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a super old guy right I now. What are these kids? Twi- they got their switches and they got their twitches <laughs> running around staring at them screens. Yeah. <laughs> no, Twitch yeah. is a streaming it's, platform that's like yeah, the, it's like the YouTube kind of, of streaming. Yeah, yeah. They're huge. And then Switch is Nintendo's newest console, which is like a handheld and a console in one. Okay, so that's what I'm not familiar with. Yeah. If your kid games at all, that might... I'm I'm honestly trying to keep my kid... I'm just letting her... Like, she just played uh, uh, Mario Kart on a tablet today. And I'm I'm trying to be as conscious about screen time because... Oh, yes. I mean, now we're talking about video games, and I played a shit ton growing up, but I just see these zombie kids with their, like, bulletproof iPads slash nannies, yes. and it just freaks me out. It freaks me out, too, because 
I played a lot of games as a kid too, but like the cumulative hours, because there was like more of a barrier to entry for gaming. There was like the cost, your parents had to buy it. You had to like, you had a, the TV. And so even though you played a lot, you couldn't, it's just not as the vortex isn't as strong as it is for like an, a modern kid in an iPad where that YouTube algorithm will just another video after another video after another video. And I, I stress about that with my kids too, because like my, we'll be cleaning or something and sometimes we'll just we'll have to like, just let them watch YouTube for a second. And then they, and then when you take it away and you realize like, oh, this is like crack for their brain, they freak out. I've been pretty, been pretty anal about that lately too something about like just the tablet or a phone and watching videos it's i don't know if it's like i'm biased i would rather my kids spend an hour playing a video game and like dying and having some sort of trial and error and like using their brain to try to like get better. true that that's a good point and then just like being just in like the dead zone watching some youtube like tuned yeah, out no they're both bad they're both bad but netflix at least shuts it down and won't it like asks you to yeah playing, but still if yeah i don't have enough time to to vet what she's watching is a big part of it too i don't yes. like even like on netflix like just letting her just go down and i truly believe that there's brainwashed garbage that's being put out there for kids that's not like i don't you know so it's fucked i don't know do you ever go down the conspiracy theory shit of the the Disney subliminal shit? Uh, not that one. I've done the. Uh, I have seen some like kid videos in general that weren't Disney, where on YouTube, where I was like, that has to be some sort of like psyop or something. Like, it's so weird and so so. I don't know. I've just seen people have shown me kids. Like just one like about being creative. It's like this claymation, and these kids get together and they're like, let's be creative. And then it goes super dark. And I don't know. And then there's this other one my kid was watching. It was another claymation where it was in Spanish. And this like Gumby dude was like dancing around, like gyrating, hip thrusting everything. And I was like, but it's in Spanish. And my kids were laughing. And so I go, my wife speaks Spanish. I'm like, babe, come down here. I'm like, what the hell is this dude saying? And the whole thing is he's saying, show me your little thing. Let me touch your little thing. Show me your little thing. Let me touch your little what? thing. And it's just yeah, this dude dancing. A... And my kids are singing. I was like, oh, okay. Perfect. That's weird as shit. Like, Horrible, that's weird yeah. as shit. Yeah, yeah. Your wife speaks Spanish, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah She's oh. a Latina. Nice. Yeah, my, my daughter's taking Spanish, and my dad's, like, obsessed with learning Spanish now after being in Panama <laughs> for two weeks. Your dad is hilarious, by the way. My dad is on another level sometimes. It's it's kind of like living with a cartoon character sometimes. Yeah, that's what... Uh, he's a character. That's what I... like. He's very much as a character, Yeah. yeah. He's a character. Dude, is there any other, like, what, if you could say, out of all your gaming ex gaming experiences and memory, whether it's like, I do like that memory, even though it's a sad one, of you not getting a Nintendo and everyone else getting a Nintendo. <laughs> That's brutal as hell, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was, yeah, it was not cool. But uh, what's your best, like, gaming experience you've ever had? Like, if you look back, like, the ultimate best, was it playing NHL with your homies? It would be the games that was playing with other people like those yeah. were the ones that i really got into and got competitive with uh bond Ooh. bond was a big one later when that was oh we had some pretty epic like doing drugs and bonding <laughs> we used to call it <laughs> you know um yeah but but the hockey i think our pinball too that's not is that considered gaming pinball's been i think so i mean it's in the arcades yeah well that's what i was gonna say is i started thinking of like mortal Kombat and the games that i played when we went to arcades back when we were teenage punks was like street fighter was huge 
I guess that's when we started gambling. That's when it was started. The money started coming into it. it was like Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat in the arcades and uh, hockey for sure. I keep going back to that. Like those, those EA sessions got pretty intense. What's your uh, favorite music? Best song in a game? Best song in a video game? Yeah, for you. That's a tough one. I don't even know, bro. Which one sticks out is going to be the the theme song for NHL. Just, I think that I've I don't know if heard, I heard that. 91? Which year? I want to hear it. 90, yeah, 93. NHL. I think 93, 94 is when I would have been super heavy in it. But I would agree that 95 got uh, was one of the top. NHL. When did they, re- they remove fighting from that? Oh, no. Thing. From the game? I don't know. I think that they did. This song is actually pretty good. I think that's the one. Shit, dude. Well, I gotta. I'm. I'm getting tired. But right time for me to go to bed. Where can uh people find you again? Tyler Michael motorcycles. Eight personal. Well, yeah, my personal one. If they want to like see pictures of my kid and lameness and. Oh yeah. That's my personal one. Is Tyler Michael motorcycle. But the brand is is Lords of Gastown. And then uh, Lords uh, you of have a website where you can buy stuff, right? Yeah, lordsofgastown.com. Gastown.com. Or the more trees. Is your site built on Shopify? All my sites are on Shopify, yeah. site looks pretty good, dude. Who does all your photography? Um, it's a collaboration of people that uh, I've worked with. Right now, uh, the videography is all done uh, mostly by uh, our homeboy, Matt. A lot of the success of Lords of Gastown was uh, user-generated content. We're very fortunate that we've got a lot of fans that create wicked content, and we do a lot of reposting. You have, like, really good video, pictures. It's yeah. a never-ending... I mean, that's my store. That's my flagship, and I can't take credit for it, too. I have, I have a wicked team. Yeah. What's your best-selling product? It depends on what category. I mean, we sell shit ton of black T-shirts. I guess the brands was built on black T-shirts and black hats. Yeah. But for our cut and sew stuff would be like our tanned waxed vests, the Baja vests be really well for us. Our jackets, our flannels, like uh, we just sold out of our most popular flannels, Jack and Coke, like we're selling out of those. But I mean, my factory is very modest. Like we have a lot of small craftsmanship going on there. So um, I think that uh, if you want to talk volume, our our best selling thing is going to be a black t-shirt. The one that just says Lords. Oh, uh, which design? Yeah, the, probably this Lords script. Lords, I like it. It does. I mean, it looks good. Like that script and the word Lord. Lords is pretty cool. Damn. I also like yeah. this Boogeyman one. Is that like a reference to your dad? Yeah, of course. I told you this. Yeah, my my all the Boogie Michael Myers stuff is is from my dad because we have a running joke of that he owes me seventeen years of child support. <laughs> I don't pay him any royalties for using his signature and shit, but I'm get, paying him back now because I just built his site and I'm building out his brand finally. Oh, nice. What's his brand? Yeah, His website is boogiemanbrad.com. His handle on Instagram is boogiemanbrad. Boogiemanbrad. His claim to fame is he was the first Michael Myers for in the 21st century. <laughs> in the 21st century. I'm the first Michael Myers in the 21st century. In the 21st century. <laughs> He is a super character, for sure. And he killed Tyra Banks. Um, but not sweet, Buster dude. Rhymes. 
I'll put all this uh, shit in the podcast description. Have people hit you up. It's uh. Yo, if you want to talk to my dad, he's do- he's like not doing conventions right now, so he's just getting into podcasts. You definitely chat. With oh, him. dude, I would hundred <laughs> percent have your dad. I talked to him at the bar for like like twenty five minutes that one night. I thought he was f- hilarious. Yeah, if you want to talk about horror shit and Michael Myers with my dad, Halloween shit, he'll talk to you for on your podcast. He's been doing a bunch of horror because. He, he can't do conventions right now. That's been a big part of his life oh, for the last yeah. 10 years. COVID shit. I told you yeah. that his best friend plays Jason, right? Yes. <clears throat> so that was been there traveling around. But that's all stopped because of COVID because they uh, can't do conventions and stuff right now. So he's been doing wanting to build his brand. And you can get autographed movie stills now on his website. And a lot of the merch that we've done collaborations with Lords now will be hosted on his website. Mm. It's a good idea, and Boogeyman Brad's a great, a great brand name too. I well, my dad's nickname growing up was Big Bad Brad, and that's why he ended up getting cast as Michael Myers because he's just a big, he was a big stuntman. Boogeyman Brad Instagram. Did you find it? Yeah, I found it. It was showing. Well, I think that's him. I mean, it's just a bunch of masks. I haven't seen the picture. Yeah, what color is it? Like the sunset colored graphic in the main picture. Let me go back up. No, it's like a guy in a mask, the boogeyman. Bro, this, oh, no, the, this guy's stealing his thunder. He is. There's a guy on there that's doing it. No, he's the boogeyman, Brad, or big bad boogeyman, Brad, sorry. But his website is, yeah, because some guy is copying it. Oh, that asshole. Well, I think his name's Brad, too, so. Uh, there he is, <laughs> big big bad boogeyman, Brad. Yeah, because that was his nickname growing up was big bad Brad. That is hilarious. Yeah, he's uh oh there it is boogie there I got the I found the website nice I like this one that says Daddy <laughs> Doctor Slay the boogeyman well yeah it's it's the running joke because he actually is my dad so that's why that is hilarious yeah this is cool who do do you yeah, do the website fun. or you have someone help you with that um I like I said I have a team I do all the art direction like I okay like I'm you know you know produce it but i have a web guy that i work with a couple web guys and a couple graphic designers and a couple like really wicked illustrators that are tattoo artists because i i was involved in the tattoo world of having it part of our shop for the last seven years so yeah man uh, stuff this looks all really i mean i if you would have if i would just run into your website and run into your brand and you would have said, yeah, it's just this like super chill dude from Canada. It's a pie. I would have been like, no, nah, this has got to be some sort of, you do a really good job. I mean. Thank you. Yeah. It but it, it's it's kind of coming to a place where we're trying to remind people how small we are really, because they treat us like Amazon sometimes. Oh, uh, yeah. It's just like, we, we get that false thing of like, that we're this big corporation that just out there it's like no like it's handmade in canada that's why it takes two months to three months in the in our busy season to get a hand you a handmade garment like yeah. that's just it's our just, waiting list is yeah is, that's just what it is so yeah we it, we're very fortunate but we are a grassroots independent brand still but thank you that's a compliment yeah it's badass i'm impressed again thank you for hooking me up with the weed in panama and i hope that the uh it sounds like the Quran. there's it sounds like it's gonna work sounds like the stem so if people haven't derived that from this conversation yet you were in panama getting treated for the Crohn's disease and uh it's been three weeks and you've had good yeah I've had evidence positive results and yeah. um you know i had a schedule from what most people say when you start really seeing the um the healing effects so i'm just being positive but i'd, I'd be interested like i'm uh, keep me updated on your brother I like will. i want to 
you know and uh yeah it was rad bumping into you down there and being able to do this podcast so thanks for having me on the show yeah thank you for just hopping on it's uh it can be hard to get guests sometimes i i had a i had a suspicion you would just be chill and yeah sure and it would be uh a good conversation. I will put all the applicable links in the podcast description. Tyler, fellow pothead, saved me in Panama. Give him all your, uh, send all your mystical woohoo, whatever you believe in vibes to his gut. May the spirit of the gods bless you, my friend. Ha <laughs> ha. Thank you. All right. I'm going to see you guys later. Bye-bye.